I'm Heather. And I'm Corey. And this is Movie Shelf, where we talk about movies, movie trivia, and just about anything related to pop culture. We're glad you're here. In today's episode, we're talking about one of our favorite Hasbro toy-turned-movie franchise in Bumblebee. Upcoming movies we're interested in, and of course, we'll enjoy a side of bacon. All right, Corey, what is Bumblebee about? Okay, so Bumblebee is a Transformers movie prequel. Yes, this is before the Shia LaBeouf one, correct? Yes, okay. definitely. And just in the overall scope of things, uh, the home planet of the Transformers, Cybertron, there's this big battle, or uh, war, I guess, and they destroy their home planet. So they're having to flee and escape and branch out, find refuge elsewhere. And so they send a whole bunch of, you know, the, you got the good guy, the Autobots, and the bad guys, the Decepticons, and they send a whole bunch of people out throughout space, finding different plants that they can habitate on. But the Decepticons, they're not, they're, they will not be happy until Optimus Prime, the leader of their enemies, is dead. Mm-hmm. So Bumblebee flees to Earth. For anyone that doesn't know, we are pro-Autobot, anti-Decepticon. That's right. They're the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Bumblebee flees to Earth, right? Yes. Okay. Now... If you remember from the first Transformer movies, Bumblebee is not the first Transformer to come to Earth. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's in the, there's already existing the Sector 7, which is the secret government organization in this movie. And they're already using the term NBEs, which is non-biological entity. Because way back in the, in the storyline, in the 30s, that's when they originally captured and kept frozen Megatron who came to Earth much earlier. So the government already knows about Transformers to some degree, mm-hmm. but, you know, many decades pass until Bumblebee arrives on the scene. Right. And then things get interesting from there. <laughs> yeah. Because Bumblebee, he was there to basically create, like, a bit of a safe haven. Yes. Although when he arrives, it was kind of a rough entry, I guess you could say. Definitely a rough entry. Um, and so- through some other interrogation on other plants, a couple of Decepticons found out that Bumblebee was... On Earth, and that he's like one of Ultimus Prime's right-hand soldiers. Right. So not only does Bumblebee come to Earth, but you have some Decepticons that come to Earth. To yeah, to get information from where Ultimus Prime is. Yes. So that's pretty much the synopsis of the movie. And of course, he Bumblebee kind of stumbles into the life of this teenager. Yes. And of course, they form a relationship. Well, yeah, a friendship. You, you have a, a injured, memory wiped bumblebee. Yeah. That yeah. And he can't speak. Yeah, can't speak. <laughs> and doesn't yeah doesn't know so, doesn't know his mission or anything. Really in bad shape to to start yeah. out with. That needs a friend. Yes, and it seems like the girl needs a friend too. So if I may, I'm going to go off on a tangent and have a little geek out <laughs> moment. Okay, because this is the first podcast that we've done that involves this. Actor, this voice actor. Well, before you go that route, oh, okay. let's give a few other little details that will lead to that route. Okay. So first off, um, Bumblebee, it actually stars, the main girl is Haley Steinfeld, or Steinfeld. And we know her from True Grit um, and a couple oh, of yeah. the Pitch Perfect movies. So she was the original True Grit yeah, girl. Yeah, and she was, well, not the original True Grit well, girl. <laughs> the, the, the main girl from the remade, True Grit true. remake, yes. <laughs> yes. 
And then um, also John Cena plays kind of the militaristic person um, in the film. And another good opportunity for him to break out in movie roles. <laughs> and it was directed by Travis Knight. Um, and there he doesn't really have many other directorial movies yeah, under his wing. that name. He only has one other, actually. And it is actually a movie that's on the movie shelf, which is Kubo and the Two Strings. <laughs> All right. So, also... One of the iconic voices in the movie is Peter Collins. Yeah, so for those who know, Peter Collins is a star when it comes to 80s and 90s voice acting. And he's pretty much one of the only actors that has almost only done voice acting. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, one of my favorites is Kevin Conroy, who's been synonymous with Batman for decades. But even before that, he's done, he did like a, a few soap operas and a few other things. Peter Cullen, besides uh, some appearances on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour and the... Sunny and Cher. Sunny and Cher Comedy Hour, he, he almost has not any done any other visual acting. And who knows what he really did on those shows anyway. True. Maybe we didn't see it. <laughs> but then, starting in the early 80s or late 70s, he started doing voice acting mm -hmm. for various roles. And, of course, he's mainly known for voicing Optimus Prime. Yeah. So and way it's back not only that is he mainly known for Optimus Prime, but Optimus Prime has only been him, correct? Correct. Yeah, no right. other person has ever right. done any iteration of Optimus Prime at all. Which I think is really cool. In fact, I was kind of disappointed because one of the other popular voices he's done is... Eeyore in the some Winnie Pooh animated kind of the, the 80s and, 90s yes Eeyore. and even some other things even beyond that. and then it wasn't until recently when they changed the voice of Eeyore so I was a little disappointed that they did not stick with Peter Cullen that yeah I think we looked in I mean and there was even a few others also randomly but it looks like by far he's the majority of the Eeyore definitely the majority performances but just to for those who who do not know just uh, I mean the the montage of voice acting that this guy's done in cartoons of course so Optimus Prime, um, for those of the Knight Rider TV series, he was the voice of the villain Carr, K-A-R-R. Um, he did some voice in the movie Gremlins. For those who were fans of the Chippendale Rescue Rangers cartoon, he yep. was Monterey Jack. Uh, he did some voice acting in some of the, the much earlier Spider-Man cartoons. Um, G.I. Joe, he did some voice for Voltron. He was Venger in the D&D cartoon. Um... Even it did some voices for the Ghostbusters cartoon stuff, but a lot, a lot of a lot of voices that he's Didn't not. Did you also mention as... like My Little Ponies? Yeah. Why leave them out? <laughs> we love My Little Ponies. So he's done a wide variety of voice acts, but there are just two or three iconic roles that he's just very popularized for. Yeah. So definitely Optimus Prime. Yes. And Eeyore. I guess definitely Eeyore. <laughs> Monterey Jack. Yeah. Jim and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Don't forget them. <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember getting to come home from school and watching Jim and Dale's Rescue Rangers. And various voices in other popular cartoons. But awesome. just not popular key roles, maybe. Yeah. So he's definitely been around. Yeah, for for. So for decades and decades, yeah. been the voice of Optimus Prime. All right. So what do you like about the movie, Corey? Okay. So this is easily my favorite Transformers movie. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, for the very first one that came out, I was okay with. And, you know, I thought they kind of got continuously worse as they kept. They got weird. Yeah. They, and they, they got I don't weird. really, I don't think we even saw the other than this one. I feel like we didn't see one. Like We the haven't one even seen the most recent one, like the last Beyond night. Bumblebee, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then I will interject, Corey is by far a huge Transformers fan. I mean. Okay, well, I was a huge fan of the toys yeah. and the cartoon when I was a kid. Yeah, that's what I mean. So you know, the first movie came out, I thought it was really neat. The second one came out, I was like, 
okay. And then the third one comes and starts getting weird, and I'm not in the fourth or fifth one. I mean, see, I'm not even <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, Bumblebee, yeah, brought me back to home. On that Plus, one it's, sure. you know, it takes place in the 80s, which yes. helps, too. I, I definitely enjoyed, of course, anything with some 80s nostalgia is always fun, and I thought they did it fairly well. I think they were probably there in, were they in, they were in California somewhere, like I in San Francisco, so. I think. Yes. So it was definitely a nice setting. Um, you know, there were bikes, there were dirt bikes, there were Walkmans, all sorts of fun classic things. Fun 80s nostalgia all over. Yes. Movie um, posters that were reasonably in the times. All right. So I also, I was really impressed with the digital work for the Autobots and the Decepticons. I thought it was just very smooth and just well, well done. Bumblebee, every now and then his helmet would change and it become yes. a little bit more menacing wasp looking almost <laughs> or yellow jacket looking, I guess. And, you know, but he was like in fight mode and just those transitions were very smooth. Um, I just thought it looked, everything looked great. I never felt like I was watching like a Power Ranger villain, as we mentioned before, with the Black Manta. Um, Everyone looked really cool. John Cena was kind of fun. I was kind of like, ah, I I like John Cena. Um, I don't know. I wasn't sure what I would think about for this, but he he did okay. Which, ever since Jurassic Park, digital animation or digital or CGI can always, can look very, very well. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of it depends on how much money they wanted to invest in the computer animators yeah. to make it look that that good and that smooth. So Well, and I think sometimes it also depends on what the environment is that they're in. You know, if you... Like, for example, okay, I actually really like... Well, you know I like Jaws. Like, you know, I like sharks. But I also actually really like Anaconda. Because, you know, it's kind of like Jaws, <laughs> but, you know, in the Amazon. But I would love for them to redo the movie. They don't have to change the movie. Even... To the whole weird John Voight getting spit up and winking at you. <laughs> but it, all, all I want them to do is fix the snake so that it looks real. Yes. You know, and uh, same thing even with, like, Deep Blue Sea. I, I will still watch Deep Blue Sea. I still think it looks super cool. It's pretty darn great all on its own. Yeah. But there are moments where it's like, ooh, if it was made today. Yes. They could make that shark look even better. Or they invest a little bit more money into the CGI programmers or animators. <laughs> it could yeah. look a little bit more better. I mean, they a did a fantastic fun. job with whatever they had for the, um, in the lab scene. Like, I assume there was probably like a special effect, you know, robotic shark or something. I don't know what was there, but whatever that was yeah. looked awesome. But yeah, anyway, so sometimes I kind of want them just to go back and, and touch up some of those Early digital films. The, the CGI sharks. <laughs> yeah, but these Transformers looked great. Yes, um, the Decepticons um, were deceiving. Um, I thought it was really fun that when they're working with the military people, mm-hmm. or the, what, it was Sector 7? Is that what you said? Yes. So when they're working with Sector 7, and again, this is, in the, this is like 1985 time, and I think they described it as connecting a telephone to computer. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, did did they just have the Decepticons invent the internet for us? <laughs> yeah. Is that what's happening? And I love the, they're called Decepticons. Does that not raise any red yeah. flags? <laughs> yeah. It is a great name. And I, but yeah, it was really fun to watch them. They're even the transformer mannerisms on their face even looked great. Yes. Um, I think you had a, you really enjoyed right at the beginning of the movie, getting to see a classic villain that you oh, like. Soundwave. Yes. With the cassette tape popping out and everything. Oh, <laughs> definitely a, a child geek moment for me. Big time. <laughs> All right, so I think my only thing was um, I thought it was a really fun movie. I think at some point 
kind of the teen angst, you know, moments and things like that. I was like, eh, I, I could do. I thought it was a little bit overdone. Yeah, I was like, areas, eh, yes. okay, we know you're upset. But I feel like some of this being upset is a little forced. And um, so I was like a little done with some of that. But I thought it was a really fun movie nonetheless. I thought it was really funny how she acquired the Volkswagen Beetle as well. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was really cool. All right. Well, what is the verdict, Corey? The verdict is this will likely be the first Transformer movie on our shelf. Ooh, we don't have one? We do not have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I... this may very well be the first Transformer movie. Well, I wasn't sure if it would be on, in my head, like the movie shelf, but, you know, I'm tied to you, so it'll be on the shelf no matter what. <laughs> Chances are I will be the one by now, of course. I definitely do recommend it, though. I thought it was a lot of fun um, beyond even just the little nostalgia part. And, again, I thought that the digital work was really great. I also like the fact that they tried to combat perhaps some of the stereotypical type of movie scenes, you know, like the boy wanting to kiss the girl or, you know, like falling in love instantly after, yeah. you know, hanging out for one day, you know. So kind of combating some of those things. And even starts off with a bang with a whole bunch of eye candy with showing the, the war that takes place on Cybertron. Right. That was beautifully done. Yeah. So it looked really cool. As well as other geek out moments with some of the other <laughs> popular iconic uh, Transformer figures that were recognizable in that scene. Yeah, I feel like you've been pining for your old Optimus Prime toys oh, since gosh. the movie. <laughs> I had two of them as a kid, and to know what they're worth nowadays, I'm like, oh. But chances are they're only worth that much if they're in package, most likely. Probably. You know, I'm so sure you played with them. They probably <laughs> played with them, had a friend broke one, which is why I got the second one, because my friend, he was, he was a, uh, a rich kid, so his parents made him get another one for me after he broke my first one. <laughs> Well, that just sounds like, you know, good parents. That's well, not sure. like a rich kid, right? <laughs> but, uh, but it was an expensive toy back then. I mean, if it, was, if it was any other friend that broke my Ultimus Prime, it probably wouldn't have gotten replaced. Well, I'm sure you had to somehow work for it. So that just seemed like good parenting. Yeah. All right. And I, was, I actually had a Bumblebee as a kid. So. <gasps> you did? Oh, yes. And now it's time for our picks of the week. So my pick <laughs> is... Uh, you know, kind of a hard, or a loose, I should say, a loose connection to the movie. Oh, loose connection. Yeah. Okay. I was I was kind of struggling, like, Ooh, what do I want to do? I, I kind of leaned on, well, this kind of made me remind me of, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I was like, no, that doesn't really fit. So what do we always usually see Bumblebee in? At least, you know, in his 80s time. Oh, in the 80s time, it was always the Volkswagen Beetle. Yes. I know it evolved at some point, but yeah, well, in Volkswagen the first, in Beetle. The, in the first, like, three or four iterations of Transformers movie, he was not a, he was always the Camaro. <laughs> but they went back to the original Beetle for, for Bumblebee this time, which was good to see. Yeah. Although, even in the Shia LaBeouf first Transformers, there was a little bit of a nod to it, yeah, right? When he's the Camaro is right next to a Volkswagen Beetle, yeah. I believe. <laughs> so it's kind of a little, I guess, an Easter egg. Yeah, it was a little nod. So, anyway... He's always a Volkswagen Beetle with, you know, some attitude, <laughs> in a sense, you know, mind of his own. So what other Volkswagen Beetle has a mind of his own? Oh, I see where Herbie you're going. Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> so that is my pick of the week, the Love Bug. So going way back to, I think it's, it's uh, I feel like it's so a 70s movie. Definitely going back to the original. Way back, the, somewhere back the there. Fully loaded iteration. Of yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, I actually did like for Herbie fully loaded, but we got to start with the original, you know. Gotcha. 
And um, so I went back all the way there to the love bug. Which... Well, I say that's a strong connection the way you originally left yes. off with. Yeah, I can definitely yes. say it. A, a, a Volkswagen bug with a mind yes. and attitude. So definitely, Good. I can see that. Yeah. So that is my pick of the week. So what's your pick of the week? Okay, so I'm going off the vibe of a robot from space coming to Earth and befriending a child or well that sounds like a movie synopsis yeah definitely <laughs> and it's one that is that is a favorite of mine near dear to mine and that is iron giant <laughs> love iron giant so what's now, that? i won't go into too much detail oh. but if you haven't seen it it's i just say it's a must see so just fyi it is an animated movie yes it is um and i think the only Oh, yeah. So, the giant is Vin Diesel, right? Giant Vin Diesel. And, and it has uh, Jennifer Aniston and Harry Connick Jr. in it. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it's it's a very sweet movie. I don't think it's not Disney, but it's still a very sweet animated movie. Definitely. So, I, I recommend it to you. I'll jump on that. First thing. time seeing Ashley, Ashley drew a tear. <laughs> I think even the second time you did. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, doing the uh, previews for Bumblebee. Um, some of these we've already covered. In fact, mostly we've already covered in previous podcasts. We've already done How to Train Dragon 3, Shazam. So, Heather, start off, off with uh, Escape Room. I don't think we've done that one yet. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. So, Escape Room, um, we haven't seen it yet. I know it's out. Um, but what I gather from the preview, it's playing off of the, the trendy kind of game thing to do right now, which is to go to escape yeah. rooms. Go do the escape room, and, which you know, I've had some coworkers that did that. Complete <laughs> puzzles to escape. Yes. Um, only these puzzles become very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're always realistic, but these are actually killing people. <laughs> yeah, or something of that sort. Um, it's definitely, it's kind of playing with their mind a lot. Um and so they have to be very quick on their feet. Otherwise, they might get burned or, you know, frozen. <laughs> or so something, crushed or something. It definitely looks intriguing. And then, so one of our other previews that we saw was for Rocket Man. Ah, uh, yes, Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting because uh, we a movie that we like that was not Tongo is... Kingsman and the Golden Circle. Yes, Kingsman and the Golden Circle, in which you got the main actor... Uh, Taron Egerton, and in the Golden Circle movie, you have a, this wonderful cameo by Elton John. Oh, it's John. more than a cameo. Well, yeah. It's a, I mean, he yeah. makes the movie. <laughs> if nothing else, go see the movie for him, Elton John. Yes, he definitely made some of the scenes in that movie. It, it was definitely the comic relief in that I think my favorite movie. part is the dog. I'm sure it's everyone's favorite part. <laughs> yeah, like So, <laughs> interestingly, you have now um, Taron Egerton for that movie. Now playing Elton John in this biopic of Elton John. And actually, there's two Taron Egerton and Elton John connections. So you got the Kingsman. Yes. But then even before that movie was the animated movie Sing. And Taron was the gorilla. And kind of his main big song that he performed was I'm Still Standing, which is an Elton John song. Oh, very good. I had no idea of that. So, that's a fun movie, too. I recommend it. Oh, yeah. Sing was a good movie. Yeah. So, the Rocketman preview looks... It definitely looks very interesting. Um, it, I guess it's just basically telling the story of Elton John's life. Um, kind of all through, you know, from growing up through fame 
and I don't know how far it goes into his life. You know, yeah. obviously he's still still around doing all sorts of things. But it's kind of weird because normally they do these type of movies short after somebody's died or they're on the deathbed, but he's still alive and kicking, and yeah. they just hey, let's just go ahead and do Elton John. <laughs> um, but it also looks very fanciful. Like there's oh yes. a preview, a scene in the preview where it's like he's performing, and then all of a sudden, I guess he's from Rocket Man, and then it's like. Everyone starts floating as if they're in space. So, well, I'm thinking as if everybody's on drugs and they all feel like they're floating. But yeah, we'll, we'll both take our take on that one. I'm just saying it looked very, you know, fanciful and dreamlike. So, who knows what you know is reality and what's not reality? But anyway, it looks fun, and I'm sure it'll be filled with fabulous music. So, if nothing else, we'll enjoy that. Yeah, so unlike other movies that we've reviewed, if anything go for the music and probably the performances they'll be amazing yeah as far as the actual storyline goes who knows yeah although we are fans of Taron beyond Kingsman and beyond Sing he was in Eddie the Eagle with Hugh Jackman he's just kind of a quirky guy so he definitely has played all sorts of different types of characters that was another very interesting movie <laughs> very, and a very different performance for, for Egerton in that yeah. movie as well yeah so, so he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good guy Time for a side of bacon. Uh, this is this is fatty, sloppy bacon for me. Bacon <laughs> that I do not like normally like to eat. I like I like nice, crispy, crunchy bacon and. My did you, bacon. Did this, you burn your bacon? Oh no, my bacon this time is way undercooked. It is, oh, okay. It's very fatty, very very slimy. Well, I see you made another <laughs> big, you know, flowchart map web thing. Yes. So and, what'd you uh, come up we, with? We may have to start posting posting these. So they, they do look <laughs> a little interesting. <laughs> All right. So what did you come up with over there? Okay. Well, for so we're doing Michael J. Fox to Will Smith. Yes. And you know, outside of Back to the Future movies. I have very little knowledge of Michael J. Fox movies, sadly. So I was very limited in what I had to start with. And um, this is my worst. Four movies. <gasps> four? Yes, four. Okay. So here's my connection. So you got Michael J. Fox to Billy Zane. Yes. And Back to the Future. You got Billy Zane to Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio to Gabriel Byrne, one of my favorite actors, in Man in the Iron Mask. Okay, very and great you have Gabriel Byrne to Will Smith in Enemy of the State. Also a very... Another one of my favorite movies. Well, that's pretty good. The, I mean, at least, I mean, those are all fabulous movies. So. Oh, yeah, and all fabulous actors, so it's a very well-established connection. <laughs> You know, we've all been there. Four movies. It's okay. I think I was four movies like on our first one. But this one, I got you beat. Yes, you do. So I have three movies. Okay. Let's see what you know that I do not. (laughs) So Michael J. Fox with Elizabeth Shue in Back to the Future 2. Okay, I'm definitely with you there. Two and three, I think. Okay, yeah, I think she she gets woken up. Almost all of them with the first one. (laughs) And then um, Elizabeth Shue with Vincent D'Onofrio in one of my favorite roles for him, Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, whoa, whoa, that's going back. Okay. So he he played Thor, as we call him. Well, he played the auto mechanic. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, he was awesome. Okay, so um, D'Onofrio. I mean, it was just a little bit part, but still. Yes. First off, he is like a chameleon. He just is always changing. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah, he, he plays such different, varied characters <laughs> in, in his role. So speaking of playing very different characters, I'm connecting him to Will Smith in also one of my favorite roles for him, um, Men in Black, where he's the cockroach guy. Oh, so... 
I should have came up with that. I know all those movies and actors. <laughs> oh man! Yes, so, you yeah, this is a very legitimate beat for me. Yes. Because normally, normally you would use like a movie I'm not familiar with. I'll go. Well, I'm not going to cut that because I don't know that. Movie, yes, you but, have no excuse. If you have I, all the people I, I you like, no excuse not to make that connection. <laughs> now, I believe you did consult a little bit more of the internet to yes. try to come up with a shorter connection. Well, yeah. The, well, yeah. There's a handful of two movie links, but mm-hmm. it is probably the best two movie links between the two. So, using internet assistance, you got Michael J. Fox to Jack Black in Mars Attacks, mm-hmm. which Corey despises the movie, but I adore the movie. So. So. You know, every time I would try to watch that movie, I fall asleep. It, it Although just... that's not saying too much because you do like to fall asleep sometimes. But in, movies. in the theater? <laughs> so you watched in the theater and fell asleep? I don't. I don't know if I watched that one, but there are some movies I watched. Don't I've be a Decepticon. <laughs> I've gone to the theater to see, and it just does not hold my attention. Well, anyway. it's a super quirky movie. It's Tim Burton. It's just fun. And then you got Jack Black to Will Smith. In the same movie that I used, Enemy of the State. Yep, so, it, yeah, two movies. Two movie link. All right, but still, I win for the week. Woohoo! Yes, you do. All right, so for this week's Side of Bacon, my person, I'm going to go with Jeff Bridges. And I'm using him from Haley Stan- Steinfeld's performance from True Grit. So, that's okay. my connection. Okay. Okay, so my uh, bacon pick is going to be from my pick of the week, Iron Giant. Okay. I'm going to go with Vin Diesel, Ooh. the voice of the Iron Giant. That's pretty good. So we got Jen... <laughs> <laughs> so we have Jeff Bridges yes. to Vin Diesel. Yes. All right, so we'll reveal our answers next time. In our next episode. Well, thanks for listening to Movie Shelf. And if you would, please hit that subscribe and share with your friends. All right. And we will catch you next time. Bye, you guys. Bye-bye.